You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, listeners, before we jump into today's episode, I want to invite you to join me, IRL, at VultureFest on November 12th and 13th in Los Angeles at the Hollywood Roosevelt. I'll be there in the flesh. Come hang with me. I'm going to do a special live episode of Intuit with the one, the only, the icon and legend herself, Miss Cheryl Lee Ralph. Yes, Cheryl Lee Ralph of Abbott Elementary fame and also everything else. It's going to be so fun. Come hang with me and the rest of Vulture. You can grab your tickets now at VultureFestival.com. If you use promo code SANDERS, S-A-N-D-E-R-S, you can get 15% off your ticket price. That's because I love you. Sanders, S-A-N-D-E-R-S. Come hang with me and the Cheryl Lee Ralph and a whole bunch of other cool people. I cannot wait for this. I hope to see you there. Uh, yeah, let me shut off the video real quick. <laughs> but your setup looks great. It's not a setup. It's just an apartment. You don't have to do that. Listen, <laughs> the light's good. The light's good. I wasn't fishing. I wasn't fishing, Sam. <laughs> hey, I'm Sam Sanders, and you are listening to Intuit from Vulture. This week on the show, we're going to talk about Marvel. All the superheroes. The Marvel Cinematic Universe Industrial Complex. Because the new Black Panther movie is in theaters very soon, and I'm sure I'm going to love that movie, but I remain very conflicted about Marvel itself. I will tell you why, and we're going to tell all of you why you should care about Marvel, even if you don't think you should care about Marvel. Trust me. But first, a game. We're going to play Into It, Not Into It with, seriously, one of my favorite internet comedians of all time. Big round of applause for Vinny Thomas. Hello, Vinny. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm very excited that this is a Marvel episode. You are. Uh, this is thrilling to me. I'm, are I'm you jazzed. a Marvel person? Oh, I'm a big Marvel person. I think this is going to be very exciting for everyone involved, Sam. I will say I have fallen asleep in many a Marvel movie in theaters. The ones where they have like all the characters come back and all the plots are like resolved together before they like defeat whoever the bad okay, guy is. Okay, Sam, just, like, your stopped. narcolepsy is not everyone else's problem. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> You know, so I know you from all of your videos on Twitter and Instagram, and I've seen all of them and love all of them. But I'm wondering which one of those videos gets you stopped the most on the street. Oh, wow. Uh, I think Pigeon at Pride is the one <laughs> that gets brought up on the street the most. Right? I see you throwing that glitter. <laughs> I see you throwing that glitter. Cut it out and throw some bread. Stop throwing that glitter and throw some bread out. A little bread. I know you f have some bread. When people see me in person, it's usually throw some bread. I get throw some bread. Um, <laughs> Will they say it I'm, in that voice? Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll say it in the voice. And I'm also patiently waiting for someone to actually throw a piece of bread at me. Uh, it might make my ear. Listen, you come to South LA, I got some sourdough with your name on it, buddy. Get oh, ready. not whole sourdough. Loaf, whole loaf. Yes. Not a, not a hard crust. <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing, nothing that would hurt me. All right. 
we're here for some official business, Vinny. We're going to play a game. It's called Into It, Not Into It. And the game is really simple. I share three stories from the week, some headline stories, trends, memes, whatever. And you just tell me if you're into it or not and why. And at the end, I will judge you harshly and determine if you win or lose based on how much I like your opinions. No pressure. Excellent. Let's proceed. <laughs> All right. First question, Vinny. Are you into or not into that new Rihanna song from the upcoming Black Panther film, Wakanda Forever? It's called Lift Me Up. I'm sure you've heard it. I have. I, is the song out? I just saw that she was going to release the song. I thought it was going to come is out when the movie out? came out. It's, it's out. out. Well, I you can't need say to I'm listen into to it, it right. Well, I'm going to make you right now listen to it. Do you have another? Wait, a, a I have to device? look it up. You have to go Should to Spotify. I? Do the okay. work. I don't have a Spotify. What do you have? Don't don't. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to humiliate myself. Wow. On this it's okay podcast. to have Apple Music. What do you have? No, let, let me be. Let, let me just Rhapsody? look up the song. You have Rhapsody? On YouTube. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got Rhapsody. You Wait, too. it's called Lift Me Up. I can't yeah. believe it's out. It's been out. Okay, it's about. You can play it. I'm yeah. listening. Okay. Lift me up. Hold me down. All right. <laughs> I'm into it. Give me a verdict. No, you're not. I'm into it. No, you're not. <laughs> Are you really? I'm into it in specific circumstances. Like, I'm not going to I'm not like gonna a funeral? listen to this. It's a yeah. funeral song. It's a funeral song. It's a sad, it's a very sad battle. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not into Amazing Grace. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll say it. I want to dance. Song. I want to twerk. To every song, to every single song you want to dance. <laughs> Here's my thing, Vinny. We don't come to Rihanna for the ballads. We come for Ponder Replay energy, okay? But maybe Rihanna wants to change things up. Maybe Rihanna wants to come to us with our sorrows. Maybe Rihanna wants to come to us and lay our burdens at her feet. Maybe that's what Rihanna wants. Let Adele do that. Let Adele do that, okay? Let Adele Adele do that. Adele is not going to sing a track at the end of Black Panther, Samuel. Although if any white person had to do it, we would co-sign it. Because she has cookout invitation. She has cookout invite energy. People famously love Jamaican Adele. We loved (laughs) Adele's Jamaican era. That that said, like, as soon as I heard it and didn't like it, I was like, okay, this can be in the Black Panther movie in some capacity. What you cannot do, Rihanna, what you cannot do is perform this sad song at the Super Bowl. Am I right? She's not allowed to sing this song. Oh, no, no, no. She's not going to perform it at the Super Bowl. And I think that's exciting. This, this, this is a song for like if you wake up and it's gray and raining outside and you make yourself a bowl of cream of wheat and <sighs> cream you're of wheat. just bummed out. And so you eat your cream of wheat and you listen to this sad song. And, you know, I think that's beautiful. But it's definitely not for the Super Bowl. It's not for shaking your ass. And that's, and that's fine. I think that's acceptable. Next question. Uh, It's our Halloween portion of the game. I'm going to go through rapid fire some famous Halloween costumes from this past weekend. You can uh, look online to see them if you haven't seen them yet. But you just tell me quickly if you were into this costume or not into this costume. All right. Were you into Kim Kardashian dressing as Mystique from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, No, absolutely not. Why not? (laughs) Um, I felt like a lot of the articles that came out were like, oh, Kim Kardashian didn't realize it wasn't a costume party and she wore a costume. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense because she, there's no way she didn't know it was a, 
Anyway, she ain't dumb. She's not dumb. Yeah, she's not. She's not dumb. She's rude and she's foolish, but she's not <laughs> dumb. Um, rude and foolish. <laughs> she's rude and foolish, and maybe even petulant, but not dumb. And then she also tweeted, "Hey Marvel," like she's asking for a role in the next film. Oh my and gosh! Like, Could you no. imagine that? Could you imagine if if Mystique <laughs> opened her mouth and she was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna get us!" Like. <laughs> That would devastate. Courtney, use your power. (laughs) Courtney. And Courtney's power is just hanging out. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Were you into Lizzo dressing as Marge Simpson? Ooh, let me look. Oh, yes, I saw that. Yes. Anytime someone achieves that height in a wig, it's extraordinary to me. It's good. Lastly, were you into a costume on The View this week? The ladies of The View dressed a child as the slap, as in the slap from the Oscars. Did you see that? I'm tired of... Okay, I'm going to look it up, but I'm (laughs) already going to tell you I'm not into it because I'm tired of the slap. I'm tired of the fucking slap. Oh, my God. (laughs) Look it up. Uh, Look it up and describe uh, it for our listeners once you see it. Uh, uh, Oh, it's a red mark on someone's... (laughs) That's, That's it? That's <laughs> it's it. A child. It's a child in a cold. Hold on. A, it, Let me describe this. Describe it. This yes, is a please. child. This is a it's a child in a golden cat suit <laughs> with with a red painted hand on their face. Um and the child looks so displeased. The child does not want to be there. Um this is clearly the lowest point in this kid's life. Uh it's bad. Uh, this is it's a no for me. I will say I loved it. Like, I loved that they made fun of it. I loved that they are truly unhinged. Like, the point of The View is it's unhinged. And folks are like, oh, you should apologize. No, it's The View. I don't think they should apologize. I just think it's been too long. Like, it's it's been too long. Okay. And I don't think anyone... I, that Like, if I saw that at a party, it would take me so long to think about what that was. Because that's not at the top of anyone's head anymore. Oh, it, it, I would get it right away. I think of the slap every day. It gives me life. Shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you, Sam. Can wait, I? I'm surprised. Is, oh, go ahead. Wait, is this the last costume in the list? Did you not mention Heidi Klum's hyper-realistic worm? I skipped it for time purposes, but we can talk about the worm. Did, you're obviously okay. into no, Heidi Klum as the worm. No, no for, you're no, into it. it's okay. Sam, you're into it. For time purposes. No, we got to skip it for time purposes. <laughs> what are your so thoughts on Heidi Klum as the worm? I loved Heidi Klum's worm. I thought it was perfect. I thought it was so realistic. And I don't think everyone, anyone would have thought. I, I thought her worm was, it was a vision. I thought it was kitsch. I thought it was camp. Um, I thought it was everything it needed to be. So she wore this really lifelike worm outfit that like looked wet and slimy. It was amazing. She did interviews for it, laying down on the red carpet like a worm. But then there's this video. She's at some Halloween party. Questlove is spinning. He's playing Back That Ass Up. And Heidi Klum, as the worm, is in the DJ booth twerking as a worm. And you chose the Oscar slap instead of that. (laughs) Mind-boggling. True, true. Okay, moving on, moving on, moving on. Last question, Vinny. Are you into the idea of Elon Musk possibly changing the world of online comedy forever? He's talking about charging $20 per month to keep that blue check mark on Twitter. He just changed it to eight. What? <laughs> um, 50 yeah, plus percent did, off? Wow. He is so goofy and weird i feel like there's a million ways to monetize twitter that aren't first of all why would you pay for a verification badge 
That is the most ridiculous thing to spend money on. Though I would rather buy some coconut shrimp every month. Wow, that's very specific. Eight dollars a month. Coconut shrimp once a month, as opposed to a blue check mark. (laughs) And also, I don't know. Elon tweeted something too that was like, "No more of the lords and peasants way of choosing who gets verified." And I'm like, "What does that lords and peasants? What does that mean? It's just making sure that the Dion Warwick you're talking to is the real Dion Warwick. What what is lords (laughs) and peasants? What are you saying?" What are you saying? Are you worried, though, like as a creator who lives on the Internet and came to fame by putting stuff on the Internet on Twitter? Are you worried about Twitter possibly changing for the worse? Oh, no. I already booked my big show. I'm going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, Vinny, in every single way, you won this game. Your hot takes, your cold takes, your cool takes, your lukewarm takes, your energy, your vibrance. You won. You're a winner. Thank you. Yay. Thank you, Sam. (laughs) As a reward, uh, the team from Intuit is going to send you on vinyl that new Rihanna Black Panther single, Lift Me Up. You're welcome. She hasn't released that, has she? You're like, you were worried. You're like, please don't send that to my house. I am. What am I going to do? Where am I going to put that? Don't send that to my house. <laughs> I'm going to put that down. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right. So in general, I'm not a Marvel kid. I've seen a few of the movies, but I'm not obsessed and I don't really keep up. And on most days, if you buy me a drink, I could spend at least 20 or 30 minutes telling you how I feel like the continued expansion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe industrial complex is maybe bad for movies and TV on the whole. I'm that guy. But this month, a big thing's about to happen, and it's going to make me plug back into Marvel again. Experience the movie event you will remember forever. Wakanda! Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Ready PG-13, November 11th. Get tickets now. And for the record, as I just said, I'm not in love with Marvel, but I am in love with Black Panther. So, in advance of that movie's release, I wanted to talk with Vox's Marvel expert about the state of the MCU and why even if you don't want to, and even if you don't like it, the MCU is worth paying attention to. With that, 
Marvel Czar at Vox. Alex, tell folks who you are. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alex Avad Santos. Uh, yeah, I cover Marvel. I cover the comic books. I cover the movies, some of the television shows. And the more they release, the more I'm just overworked <laughs> and, and undersleeping. Okay. Yes. Well, that's my question for you. As someone who has probably thought about and watched more Marvel than most people, at once you wrote about going to a 29-hour Marvel marathon right now in November of 2022 with all the Marvel content out there, are you more love it or more hate it? <laughs> Seriously. No, this is like dangerous territory because Marvel fans oh, are like Star Wars fans. I mean, I grew up with it. Of course, like I read comic books and then seeing all the comic books come to life, like that's pretty great. And I think, but now it's just like we're in, I guess, phase four. We're like a decade into Marvel and it's just, there's a lot of it. If you look at the box office and if you look at the way people are responding, there was a string there when Marvel was hitting a billion dollars worldwide on every movie. I don't think that's happening in phase four as much. I think the closest that we're getting, I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home, which they did with Sony, obviously did a bajillion dollars, did so much. But like, if you look at like their release of like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, they aren't quite hitting the same numbers that they were like, Hmm. like two or three years ago. And that's, I think that's understandable because everything was leading up to like Infinity War and Endgame and this is going to change everything and it's 10 years of storytelling. And so I think... They're coming back down in the box office. But there's also like cool stuff that they're trying out. Like I think like all their success lets them try cool stuff like WandaVision. WandaVision was great. Um, She-Hulk, which just came out, was also fun and kind of silly. And they also get to do like weird stuff. Like uh, they just released something on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's called Werewolf by Night. No. How is that Marvel? Why is that Marvel? I'm kind of (laughs) tired. But one of you is a monster masquerading as one of our own. It's like this werewolf kind of shot in black and white. It's this artsy, fartsy, kind of silly, campy horror story, which incorporates some of their characters. And it's also kind of fun. But it's like stuff that you wouldn't see like... Okay. Maybe three or four years ago. Gotcha. But, I also, yeah. but it's also just, there's just so much of it. There's a lot of new content coming from Marvel Studios. Captain Marvel 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Ironheart, Armor Wars, Blade, Secret Invasion, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. I have a bunch of questions for you about the MCU, but you mentioned a thing that I want you to unpack at first. <laughs> Phase 4. Right. I have no idea what you mean. What are the phases? Oh my god, that's such that's such nerd speak. Oh my gosh. So the whole thing with Marvel is that uh, it kind of revolutionized the way we tell stories and the way like the whole industry kind of tells stories when it comes to these superheroes, right? Like the mm-hmm. uh, the idea was like they were going to tell like a block of stories, like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and those were going to be the first phase of movies, and then they were going to have like. This team-up movie where it's like the Avengers. Well, they all come together at the end of the phase. Okay, so then I want you to be really taxonomical right now and just tell me the big (laughs) players in each of the phases and how they've come together because I seriously have no idea. Like, break it down for me, 101. I mean, I I think the whole thing is like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, played by Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and Chris Hemsworth have kind of been like the through line for the first three phases. Those are your big heroes. Uh And then the second phase of movies, they were going to add more heroes. And we got the Guardians of the Galaxy and we got a few other players. And then phase three, we got 
Black Panther, who you love. Yeah. Uh, we got Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. And then phase three ended with Endgame. And Endgame basically was like, oop, everyone's kind of dead or retired, except for Thor. <laughs> huh. So then we're at a critical juncture, you could say, for the MCU. Right. Phase four, right. you say, where it's a lot of stuff in flux. You, you, you've got it. All right. You've totally got it. It's like, okay, it, good. do you follow sports? LOL. You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like if if, if sure. it's like in, if it's like if an entire team lost a team, like if you lost your stars to free agency, right? And then you're reloading uh, okay. this year. And then okay. it's like the okay. only one you have back is Chris Hemsworth, who's Thor, who's probably like your center, but he's not like he's not he like needs a team. Level. He needs a team. Gotcha. <laughs> he needs a team. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then okay, hearing you talk about how the oh, Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Don't sorry. Uh, what? Don't sorry be, if that, don't like, we, got, we got in the weeds there. But, but, Listen, yeah. we live in the weeds. We are part of the Vox Media Network. We literally <laughs> live in the weeds. So, Alex, I hear you talk about these four phases of the MCU and how the world is expanding and how all the characters work together and how Marvel is kind of rewriting the playbook of how superhero movie stories are told. And I kind of want to geek out about it. But the other side of me says, I'm tired of this. It's too much. I don't care. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone who is on the fence about caring about MCU or doesn't care at all and doesn't think they have to? Why should they care? Marvel is just a giant force within the entertainment industry. And I think that keeping your eye on like what kind of stories are being told is kind of useful because it's kind of like... <laughs> It's kind of like if you follow politics and you don't follow the Supreme Court, that's how big Marvel has become, right? <laughs> okay. Well, if you don't follow Marvel, you could say you don't follow Marvel, right? But what does Disney own? Disney owns ABC. Disney owns like Hulu. Disney has its hands in so many different pockets. And it's just like yeah. a lot of the people say now because of the way Marvel is and the way Marvel has dominated everything, right? That our entire the entire movie industry has kind of wrapped itself around Marvel's ideals. Oh, totally. TV so as like, well. You don't see like a mid-sized movie anymore. You don't see executives rush out to do a rom-com anymore because they want to make a lot of money doing a superhero movie, yeah. doing a sequel, yeah. doing I, like mining IP. And it's just like, yeah. okay, well, that's kind of disturbing. That matters. Like yeah. it makes me sad because I love like a good mid-budget rom-com or it's like I love like a good small medium movie. I think one of the popular refrains now is like, oh, I, I, I don't need to see that in a movie theater. I need to see like a giant blockbuster movie in a movie theater. And it's just kind of like, well, how are you going to get like the good, like the fun comedies? How are you going to get another hangover or a super bad or something in the middle? How much of this is a symptom of the rise of streaming as opposed to the rise of Marvel? Like is the real issue with streaming, with the ability to watch all kinds of things at home now, the bar has to be higher for any film to get me in theaters. And knowing that, all executives are going to go to things that they know can guarantee people being butts in seats, which is sequels and existing IP. Wouldn't streaming have caused that problem whether or not Marvel was in the mix? This was just an issue of movie theaters have a bigger challenge now because the streaming world exists, not because Marvel exists. I think that part of it, yeah, is our movie taste and our, like our like the way we consume media now is different than it was like 15, 20 years ago. 
Like, I think one of the recent examples is Bros, right? Like, no one saw yeah. Bros, which was kind I saw of a it disappointment. Twice. I was doing the work, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but like, no, I think the complaint was like, no one wants to see, like, I think even if it wasn't the first big gay rom-com, how are you going to get people to see a rom-com in a theater? Yeah, when you have Netflix making when a new rom-com Netflix, every week. Or the Hallmark And channel. it's decent. And it's just like, what makes this one special? Well, this is the thing. I feel like if there were like a music industry uh-huh. parallel, we're in this landscape now where in the same way as with movies, in the music industry, only the biggest brands survive and like push major amounts of mm-hmm. albums every week. So for every other artist, the album is dying and you're not going to sell a lot of albums. But if you're Beyonce or Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. you sell a bunch. But no one's going to sit there and say... Well, Taylor Swift caused all of the problems (laughs) with the modern music industry. They're just going to say she managed to ride the wave and survive this era of flux. Music streaming changed everything. Only some really survived, one of those being Taylor Swift. I think the same argument can be made, and I don't want to be extra fair Mm -hmm. to Marvel in any way, but like Marvel and those superhero films have survived the great shift in the viewing industry. It's not Marvel's fault they succeeded. I mean, you could make that argument. <laughs> and like, can you blame other, like, it's it's not Marvel's fault that I'm not going to go to a theater to see a rom-com. Or is it? Is it? I is mean, it at all? Tell I, me. I, I, I don't know. I think maybe the animus or the frustration that people have are with executives. Hmm. And I think it's mostly like, well, you aren't giving us the opportunity to watch a rom-com or watch a comedy or watch a mid-budget like adventure but is that all executives lack of creativity or is it also audience being that dumb and continuing to go to the superhero movie sequels (laughs) we can vote with our pocketbooks and we're voting for the things the executives right but it's also like the chicken or the egg too because it's just like well you've seen like all those when remember when those sony papers leaked and it was just like well those sony executives were very very discerning when it came to what movies were being made who were they appealing to how much money they could make off of them i, I remember one of the letters was about a female superhero and the whole idea was like okay well no one's going to see that we're not going to invest in that and that was just wow. like an insane thing but it's also you can be mad at marvel for being the premier student or like the top student in playing the game. Yeah. But yeah. it's also like, I think, I think you can also be mad at like the after effects of just like, okay, why do we need three or four different, I mean, three or four different spinoffs? Please give me something new. Yeah. So then how does the new Black Panther release play into the state of the MCU? I just assume that the Black Panther rollout will inevitably leave the MCU stronger and bigger and more well-liked. Am I wrong to assume that? Uh, I mean, I think it's in good hands. I have to see it still, but I think people are genuinely excited. I also think with everything in flux, this is kind of the statement. This is like the kaboom of it. Like This is like the giant blockbuster of the year. This is the one. Yeah, it kind of feels like a restore to order moment. I mean, no one wants to see this movie do bad. Do I need to know anything particular about the Marvel Cinematic Universe from a character and plot perspective to go into Wakanda forever and just enjoy it? I remember faintly oh gosh, the, the first movie, but like, what else should I know? 
Here, here's where it's easy. Here's where the phase four really helps is because uh, nothing's super connected right now. Like the only <laughs> thing, you, like if you watch, did you watch Endgame where they beat Thanos? I fell asleep in that one. Okay, well, what happened was in, in, <laughs> in Infinity War, he, Thanos snapped and everyone went away. Everyone turned to dust for five years. Endgame, they beat Thanos. They brought everyone back, but Tony Stark died. Steve Rogers retired. But we haven't really seen what's happened in Wakanda. We don't really know what's happening there. We've seen all around the world there's a power shift, there are fluxes, there's kind of weird stuff happening in multiverses. <laughs> but I think you can safely say, like, if you go into this not knowing, like, you, you just have to know that it's been five years. Like, people were brought back, people went away. That's all you need to know going into this. And then I think I trust Ryan Coogler to tell you a fantastic story about what's happened and what's happening in Wakanda. Okay. All right. Last, 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 last question for you. As a watcher of the culture and someone who is Uh not the biggest fan of Marvel, as I'm Uh thinking critically about the MCU in the midst of this Black Panther season, what questions should I ask of myself and of my experience watching this as I'm seeing the film and watching the MCU take over the world once again? What do you What do you mean? Like uh, that, that's some, such a that's like, such a tough question. <laughs> what, no, like how should I be looking at things differently? If I'm someone who has just plans to go watch Black Panther and then keep on mm-hmm. dragging the MCU, what would you want me to look for to maybe expand that worldview? To make you feel better. To 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 make me to, feel better, un- or at least to, appreciate to, it to all more. You. Yeah. I mean, I would just look at every single black kid's reaction. And what happens and just like look at a kid, look at the kids is for me. And I don't want to say that this is like the same or anything, but it was just like for me when I was growing up, right? Like I didn't see myself as a superhero because I am a brown kid from I'm Filipino. I'm a brown kid. But it was like the first time I saw Storm uh, from the X-Men, my eyes lit up. And I was like, this is this is the one. I was hyper jazz. I wanted to learn everything about the weather. I wanted to learn everything <laughs> about everything. I don't know. People need a hero sometimes. You need a hero sometimes. And I, I guess for me, it's <laughs> like, even if I think the worst of the MCU, even if I think it's destroying the Hollywood that I once knew, <laughs> even a broken clock is right twice a day. And Black Panther's <laughs> right. going to be right on time. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to take it and let it wash over me. On that note, uh, as the kids say, Wakanda forever. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Thanks again to Alex Abad Santos. He's a senior correspondent at Vox covering culture. Also, want to let you know, we'll be back to Black Panther in a couple weeks. We're going to talk about the film and what it means with some experts uh, very soon. Because I make an exception for Black Panther and nothing else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's the rule. That's the rule. Culture Geist. Culture Geist. You're listening to Culture Geist. Culture Geist. I don't know, y'all. And now for a segment we're calling Culture Geist. About all the things we can't stop thinking about. The culture that's haunting you, haunting me, haunting all of us, for better or worse. 
I am not the first person to say this, nor will I be the last, but I cannot stop thinking about the line from Midnight's, Taylor Swift's Midnight's, you know the one, where she describes her relationship to karma in the track titled Karma. Karma is a cat sitting on her lap, purring because he loves her. I'd like to like have everyone really think about that. Karma is a cat. First of all, there's definitely a cat named Karma at my vet office. So I believe that. Second of all, sitting on her lap. Okay. Purring because he loves me. First of all, (coughs) my dog agrees. Cats do not like people. That's debunked. Second of all, I just love the idea that she thinks of her cats, Olivia Benson and Benjamin Button, (laughs) as little pieces of karma, if you take the song literally, which that's the best way to take all Taylor Swift songs. But yeah, I just cannot stop thinking about karma is a cat sitting on her lap purring because he loves her. And it being (laughs) just the best and worst thing I've ever heard. My name is Gabby, and this week I cannot stop thinking about the new season of Love is Blind. We started off with Matt having angry outbursts at Colleen. How was the little conversation with Cole at the pool party? Bartice pouring his heart out to Raven in the pods while she does jumping jacks. Bartice gets as deep as he's ever gotten in his life, and the person that's listening to him is doing a fucking workout. (laughs) No, that's funny. We've got lots of hectic stuff going on, but most importantly, I can't stop thinking about how last season, the couple that had tension but was not together were two people named Shane and Shayna. And this year, the couple that we thought may have actually ended up together in the real world are named Cole and Colleen. My name's Colleen, what's yours? Uh, Colleen? Yes. My name's Cole. Wait, Cole? Yeah, it's just like half of your name. Oh my God, perfect. How do you what do Cole? the casting directors know that we don't? And also, why didn't Cole clean his toilet before Netflix came over? Like, dude, we're not asking for you to get a whole new clean apartment, but flies in the toilet? You didn't think they were going to zoom in on that? This show stresses me out. Hi, Sam and team. This is Virginia from Lansing, Michigan. For two years, I have had a culture geist related to 2 chains, the rapper, on the campaign trail for then-candidates Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. How y'all doing? In a campaign event, 2 chains talks about the differences that these candidates would bring as president and vice president. I think this next administration that I support, which is Biden-Harris, they offer something different. And how he loves differences. I speak on being different. I speak on embracing being different. And then he rolls into his song, I'm Different. And without further ado, I'm different. Who different? I remember when I first heard the clip, I thought, surely he is not leading into this song. Surely he is leading up to something different. And yet, 
There are the plinking of the piano keys that move us into the hook. I basically just have so many questions. Like, who pitched this? Was this 2 Chain's own idea? Are there any of his other songs that he attempted to try this with beforehand? Did this move the needle in the 2020 election? All unresolved, no idea, but that is the culture geist that I just cannot shake during this election season. Thank you so much and have a great week. Thanks again to Virginia, Gabby, and Morgan. This week, my culture geist is the 1992 classic, The Bodyguard, starring Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. I had to rewatch it for another podcast. I was reminded how bad it is. And it's so bad, it's good. It's canon. I've been watching you all night from across the room. Why don't you go back there and keep watching? I still love it. Go watch it. I'm obsessed. Listeners, do you have a culture guys this week? A thing in the culture that's been haunting you for days or weeks or even years? Share it with us. The more specific you are, the better. Send us a short voice memo at Intuit at Vulture.com. Intuit at Vulture.com. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, and Jelani Carter. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. I hope he ends up with the whole Super Bowl halftime show one day. He deserves. And Hannah Rosen is the editorial director of audio at New York Magazine. All right, listeners, we are back next Thursday with a new episode. Till then, literally, seriously, go watch The Bodyguard. Trust me on this. Bye. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, (laughs) but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.